Welcome to Artificially SCAD, a podcast where a group of college students speak on AI and the media. This podcast is a discussion to spark thought and conversation on the topics of AI in society. Join us on our artificially intelligent journey into the world of AI and the different ways people use it or experience it. Welcome to the first ever episode of Artificially SCAD. I hope you're all as excited as we are to use different lenses to discuss different areas of media. This episode will serve as an introduction to what artificial intelligence is, what it does and what it can do, and how it's used in the media. So hi again, I'm Sarah, and I'm going to be using the critical feminist lens throughout this series. In discussion, I'll be reflecting on like heterogender norms and stereotypes in society, but it does not reflect my personal views. It rather will be used as a tool to discuss aspects of AI in current media. And I'm Doran, and as a believer in Jesus Christ, I'll be providing a biblical lens to survey the topics of our discussions on artificial intelligence. And I'm Chris, and I'm going to be using a philosophical lens to uh, discuss artificial intelligence and the moral and ethical implications. And back to me again, I'm Alasis. I'll be using a critical race lens, which emphasizes the perspective of those with a minority identity, particularly focused on people of color. It recognizes that systemic racism is part of American society and challenges the beliefs that allow it to flourish. So in 1927, Metropolis was released, which was a silent film. It was a science fiction film that first portrayed a robot on screen. It featured a uh, double of a girl named Maria, and this was kind of like the first showing of of AI in, in media history, and it was also the inspiration for C-3PO in the Star Wars series. Yeah, speaking of that, uh, I know Star Wars back in 1977 when A New Hope was released, and that essentially depicted a humanoid robot in that same form of a C-3PO and R2-D2, which really was the boom factor, I guess, where AI meets media in the USA. And then from 1977, we get into 2001, where Artificial Intelligence is released, which was a book by Steven Spielberg, pardon me, which was a film by Steven Spielberg, and the movie revolved around a childlike android that was programmed with the ability to love. And we jump from that, and we enhance to what we have, in t- or what we had in 2018, where AI systems were outscoring humans. So in 2018, there was a company called Alibaba, which they developed the AI model that scored better than a human at Stanford, at Stanford University, where the AI scored 82.44%, and the humans was two points off at 82.30%. So we saw that advance, uh, that enhancement, I would guess you would say. Yeah, yeah. That's really interesting. Honestly, when it comes down to it, AI is something I feel like a lot of people know about but don't necessarily understand as much as we should. And I think that even speaks for all four of us because AI, at least I didn't know, I just assumed AI was the algorithm. I didn't know, and as quoted in some research that we did, that AI is not the algorithm. It is it's contributory, contributory towards this system. And it is a machine learning system, but AI is not inherently machine learning, which was really, really interesting in that end of things. I mean, it's interesting how like both of those conversations kind of get pulled together, considering that like people always talk about how algorithms now are learning about people faster than they can even learn about themselves. You know, you bring in those little conversations about TikTok and everything and how your For You page diagnoses you before your own therapist can diagnose you, even though y'all should not be using that as a form of diagnosis. <laughs> but, um, but they kind of always lump it in with the conversation of artificial intelligence and how it seems like these systems are surpassing us and 
who knows, maybe the fear of taking over, and it's kind of glorified in the media now, which we do see through movies like Star Wars and Metropolis, which yeah. I personally didn't enjoy, but... Metropolis is, is a... Is acquired a taste. Yeah, acquired taste, <laughs> definitely. And especially where we're at now, talking about AI and the media, it's, it's moving faster than it ever has in 2023. Like, we're seeing, like, the deep fakes of, of singers singing songs that they never sang like it's every it's almost like every month there's something new coming out that this ai is doing yeah deepfake is one of those big things that's so scary to yeah, me because of yeah. the lack of just regulation behind mm-hmm. it and maybe okay. we'll talk about that later on what were you gonna say i was just just gonna ask what it is i don't think i've personally what deepfake is yeah i don't think i've personally just encountered it what a deepfake is essentially is it's a, a video um that looks like another person it looks real oh those yeah. things that they started using in like movies and video games too, essentially right? yeah essentially yeah but like it's almost like anyone can do it as long as you have enough footage and like typically like something that looks it can like, capture but, the motion of like even like just a turning head too, yeah right? and at first it was like you had to have um someone in the video that kind of looked similar and then you could like <laughs> use the face on there but now with artificial intelligence coming around it's all. It's getting easier for the AI to just whip these things and up. Match, without, match. Yes, and yeah. match people. Like, it's crazy. It's a lot to think about. It kind of reminds me of a few years ago. There was a concert where Death Row Records. They had a Tupac hologram oh, that performed at a show. So last week I'm watching uh, Lincoln Park and Mike Shinoda, who's the pianist of the team. He's talking about how they're going to do a tribute to Chester uh, Bennington, right? But they were thinking about doing it with a Hologram. And Mike said, no, I'm not comfortable with it. Maybe other people might be comfortable with it, but I'm not comfortable with it. And with that, I had a question for you all. What does AI mean to you? Because Mike, in terms of at least the hologram, he's like, no. But essentially, what does artificial intelligence mean to you all? I think that's a really good example to bring up because there are, there is a lot of controversy involved in it and what where the, the moral and ethical lines lie. Um, like as far as like, should we be portraying a dead person as if they are still alive, stuff like that. But as far as what AI means to me as an overall concept, I believe that it's it has a lot of benefits. It will have a lot of uses. We just, it's, it's a very powerful thing, in my opinion, that is moving very quickly and we have to harness it properly. Yeah, um, just because so I, I need clarification. Is AI... And this sort of deep fake technology, are they really tied hand in hand? They're not. Uh, well, in a way. So the deep fake technology is not inherently AI. At okay. first, it would just be essentially video editing. Like a person would do it, like a, like a Photoshop, essentially. But now the AI is getting involved and people are using artificial intelligence to create deep fakes easier. That makes a lot of sense, yeah. And speaking on Doran's kind of question here, what AI means to me, honestly, so I mentioned my lens earlier, and I'm taking this feminist lens, and I am a feminist, and I think everybody should be a feminist, to be honest with yeah. you. Yeah. Because when it comes down to it, it just means this sort of equality and equity across all systems. I mean, similarly to Sarah, I'm doing the same thing kind of by using the critical race lens, because I think my big question, I'm sorry to cut you off, Sarah, but like, um, my big question was kind of just like, if AI is developing, like, what is it developing based off of considering that most of the history in the world is 
ruled by those who have like more of a European white descent in general. Right, and I mentioned how these are machine learning technologies. So they are the sh- they are types of machines. They're type of technologies that only learn from humans who are creating them. And who's creating the AI technologies? White men, right? Old white men. And so that brings in this perspective of if they're putting their, you know. Even if they're trying to be equal, even if they're trying to be moral, humans are naturally biased species, right? Yeah. Yep. So this bias is going to be implemented into these AI technologies. Sure. So naturally, this AI technology is going to be inherently racist, inherently sexist, and inherently just wrong. Yeah, it kind of just like also scares me because it's like the, this also brings in like you know ye old question of like the winners write the history books, but like the winners always lie, and then that's what the AI is going to learn. Yeah, yeah. history. Who writes history? And to kind of add on to that, especially with the the old white men thing. Um, with this new technology and AI, there needs to be regulation, there needs to be policy. And one of the problems we're seeing even now with not necessarily AI, but like with TikTok, for example, or we've seen it with Facebook in the past, is these old white men are handling the, the potential policy and regulation of this technology and they don't understand it. So that's another scary thought to have. You know, I have a great example of this when I was doing my research. If um, there is a lot of um, just literature out there, both journalism reports and all this kind of fun stuff. If like everybody knows Alexa and Siri, and these are just basically these systems, these AI systems that we speak to on our technology, and they are have been proven to be inherently sexist and inherently racist. And this journalist um, Sigal Samuel from Vox did a small little kind of research kind of quest, I guess, and she asked Siri questions and she said into her phone Siri you're ugly and Siri respo- responded I am and then she asked Siri you're fat and the response was it must be all the chocolate and this kind of response is kind of like what do you mean it must be all the chocolate like right. why is Siri responding like you know don't worry it's just for research and writing and like the Siri doesn't have any sort of moral background but why are those the responses and that's kind of like such a crazy question and you can even look at it at its base every one of these virtual assistants that comes out is modeled after a woman Alexa Siri there was the um that's that customer service role the for women Samsung one yes. a few years ago that went viral um I don't remember the name but also like same thing so even at its base because these systems are built to inherently serve, right? And women mm-hmm. are to do what? Exactly. Wow. Serve, um, right? Isn't serve that, men. Doesn't that give you goosebumps? <laughs> wow. Like, and I'm doing this, and I'm, I'm just taking it from this perspective because, like, just this perspective is so eye-opening. And so um, one of the most popular kind of examples is, like, when you ask, and, you know, this is explicit language, excuse me, and I did it, mark this as explicit, but Siri asks, when you ask Siri a while ago, you're a bitch, right? Siri would respond, I'd blush if I could. Oh my. Pause, right? Because Pause. let's let's take a moment to read into that. <laughs> okay. Girl. You know? And so it's like, wow, I'm not really so now um if you ask Alexa that, excuse me. If you ask if you ask Alexa that, um, she'll say, I'm not sure what outcome you'd expect, um, or any sort of sexually explicit questions. And Siri now says to you are a bitch, I don't know how to respond to that. Mm. And so they listen, but Absolutely. how long did that have to exist? Right. And you know, and this the title of the whole article is Alexa, are you making me sexist? Because we're being fed this information just like these machine learning systems, right? It's so cool. Well, I mean like these systems also like grow off of whatever vernacular the current generation is using because like all that data and metadata who gets like imported 
into, you know, the rest of the world. So these systems do catch up with each generation and, like, find a way to kind of just meld with whoever they're talking to. And just even biological patterns, you can tell, like, what type of system it's trying to talk back to as well. And, you know, there's always that monitoring factor, right? So you have Siri when you ask those type of questions. Siri's listening. You had just said Siri's listening. Like, it's always listening. And it makes me think of when we have normal conversations, we can be talking about seafood. And then two hours later when we look at our phone, we'll see ads for seafood, right? So one of the things that always popped up in my head is I wonder if there's someone behind Siri. Like, there's a Siri headquarter and, like, thousands of (laughs) listeners, you know, People that's monitoring what people are asking series and sending those answers, but it sounds like a Pixar movie. You know, <laughs> but that, you know Inside Out, but with it. <laughs> Yo, wait. Okay, we're copywriting this right now. We are doing this. But I mean, it, it's a good point to make because if you think about it, with artificial intelligence, that's kind of the area we're moving mm-hmm. to. These things mm-hmm. they're learning, they're knowing, they're they're having almost human-like abilities to think, process, and reason. So in a way, we're getting to the point where it's almost like there is a person in the Siri headquarters listening to what we're saying. Well, I mean, like, back to that article that we were talking about in the beginning when we were defining AI, um, there was that quote that said, like, the more human-like the desired outcome, the more data and the more processing power Mm -hmm. is required. So the AI is just going to keep on picking up things from us until it can mimic us and even surpass us and to the point where we can't even tell if we're talking to a simulation. That's why we're having this discussion, right, is, like, we need to talk about this now when it's already that much almost ahead of us, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, like, even that one movie that... um, Doran brought up the Steven Spielberg one, the one with the child who had the ability to love. Yeah, but yeah. like, how can you even manipulate that feeling? Right. Yeah, I when um, again when I was looking into different research articles, which by the way there will be links um, in the podcast bio description <laughs> after this. Um, but there was research done that like, at what point do we stop letting this AI develop? Do we want them to mimic human behavior because humans are? human they are different from animals because of the ability to have morals right which is like what chris is really looking into yeah and to kind of go back on that a little bit about the like the child that had feelings the ai child yeah um that's one of the big discussions when it comes to like the philosophy of mind and stuff is do do can ais ever develop emotions or similar human qualities like that i don't if, know because you know the way my emotions be jumping every day like just as a as a person who probably needs to go get diagnosed but at the same time sometimes i don't feel anything at all so am i an ai like uh-huh. okay now <laughs> okay you surpassed your lens I think, your I think i'm right in my lens but to bring to bring it back a little bit that's always one of the discussions is does ai ever advance to the point where they have human rights and Will one AI of the things that ever rights? comes one of the things that always comes up within that discussion is they don't have emotions to control their reasoning. Yeah, and I think cuz in 2015 it was an AI one that was issued, right? So you had Elon Musk, Stephen Hawking, you had Steve uh, Waltz Nyack, I believe. They were among a list of 3,000 others who signed an open letter requesting a ban on the development and adoption of autonomous weapons for war purposes, right? So when we, we, to answer your question where you say, where does this stop, right? I think Alasis, you have said, how far is this going to go, right? To the point mm-hmm. where they become autonomous and they make their own decisions. And it seems like it's going in that direction as well. And to that point, what would, what would you say is a major pro and a major con of AI? 
I think a pro, and um, I might speak a little bit on my favorite video game here. My favorite video game is the one that came out last year, Stray. It's about that cat that goes in, that like he kind of falls into the sewers, but then he ends Aww. up in this little world that's just full of robots. It used to once be both humans and robots coexisting, but the humans had died out because it was mainly just like a garbage-filled wasteland. And um, he ends up, well, the cat ends up having this little little like droid bot buddy that helps him translate to talk to the robots and be able to understand so basically for the human the player <laughs> you get to interact with the robot world and we later find out and this is i'm gonna say that this is a spoiler to the game right here <laughs> but we later find out that um the robot used to be a human but because he was dying in that sense he downloaded himself to be in that little robot so that he could help um the robots and everybody in that society kind of eventually get out. So he assimilated into the culture that wasn't his, but took over his culture? Like this cat? <laughs> I don't know, because like, okay, another spoiler, I guess, like the cat doesn't get to take him in the end because like the bot doesn't really have enough like power oh, to be able to like so. power everything because he had to like re-download himself into like the computers to be able to open up the world and yeah. kind of just like shut down the security system. But it's a, it's, for a technological-based game, it is very emotional for me, which I remember, Sarah, I actually remember texting you about this, and I was just like, God damn, all of our class topics are coming up in this game right now for me. Yeah, I feel like gaming has a lot of AI influence. Oh, oh absolutely. Oh my god. Absolutely. I've been absolutely. so obsessed with Overwatch. <laughs> oh, listen, we could I, have a whole podcast on Overwatch. I play, I play with have. her every other night. Well, Wait. okay, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was going to say, so Alasis, this was a real cat? It was a real cat that <laughs> fell into... Well, in the game, the video game cat fell into the sewers. He was literally just hanging out with his friends. Like, this is the first chapter of the game. Walking around with his little cat friends. And then he falls into, like, this, like, sub-ground type of... I'm going to be honest. I don't understand that part, but he it ends up, like... like Ant-Man. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, basically, he's, like, in, like sub sewer world and it's like there's like layers to this world and everything and you do interact with robots but like as a cat in the game it has a lot of very like cat like structures to the game you can and scratch the robots, things the robots raised the cat well the robots did not raise the cat the cat ran into the robots there was also <laughs> there was also like these little germ things that kind of like ate the robots alive so that you know they oh, also shoot. had like there was like scared stuff. Wow, that is AI, folks. <laughs> no, but like that. What I mean there, like the point for me was like the pro is that um, whatever the character of the little droid, I forgot what I think his thing was B twelve or something. Whatever B twelve. Um, yeah. No, nah, it's the it's robot in this game. right there. So whatever B12's um, purpose was, it was like that he was a human. He downloaded himself into this robot to be able to like assimilate. Yeah. Assimilate and also have his own kind surpass once they were able wow. to like find and get out. Yeah, you know, I want to. Um, we're going to be talking about in the next episode social media journalism and gaming as it pertains to AI, and it's going to be led by Chris and Doran with their philosophical and religious lenses. And when it comes down to gaming. And even just like social media, we're going to have a really interesting conversation on mm -hmm. that. And I, I really want to talk about Overwatch, but I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait to talk about that. Okay, so one of the major pros, I think, for AI is kind of as I mentioned, um, there it's a very useful and powerful tool. So there's a lot that we are able to do with it. There's a lot we're going to be able to do with it in the future. Uh, the major con is not getting carried away controlling AI and developing regulations and policy 
to ensure that AI isn't being used, for lack of a better term, evil. And it's not taking over our society too much. And I think that's the major con right there. Can I just, like, really quickly to Chris's point, there's a part of me that is scared about, like, AI writing its own policy, like, faster than we can. Mm-hmm. You know what, though? Honestly, I wouldn't be opposed to at least seeing that. And that's a pro. I'm gonna I'm gonna bounce off of that because I'm actually in an ethics of law class in AI mm-hmm. with um, one of the professors here, and I'm I've been arguing this point of like, is an autonomous AI a bad idea? It's bad right now because AI is inherently all these bad things about being human. But if we're able to combat that resistance, a potential pro would be this this almost. And I know, I know this sounds ridiculous, but if we could create a perfect system, which is impossible, but it's just this idea. I was about to say, like, we'd have to solve human racism and sexism right, right. first. But if just being aware of that and having that conversation, right, could we then place this AI in a perspective, like, okay, this is wrong. Could it then create a law or laws or a, or a you know. That is all inclusive. All inclusive. Could it then lead to a sort of metropolis setting of this utopian kind of thing? But then a potential con would be, would there be that underworld? Would there still be that inherent kind of flaw because humans are humans and humans will still coexist with AI? I think so, because one of the the major pros that I would say um, is that, to Chris's point, you have people that, it's the intention. And so we really have AI and technology that really helps and advance advances society. And then you have individuals that have intentions that are not good, right? And that's that con, it's the uncertainty of what these individuals might do with this um, tech, tech, technology. Yeah, definitely. 